0: It's time right. for the com radio show. com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 13th day of April, 2017. Oh, it's almost Easter time. Don't forget, folks, uh, this coming Sunday, hide those Easter eggs for the onions. Uh, Today we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, our guest speaker today is Sherman Howard. And we're going to do some discussing here on uh, patient advocates, I don't know if any of yous had any dealings with patient advocates. Uh, probably some of you has had some good dealings, but uh, I know my dealings with them all been on the negative side. N- uh, not to be bad about the anything, but uh, the, there was a bunch of goo, ball, goo balls. I, I think they flunked out of the, preschool but uh they they wasn't
2: more a hoot anyway
1: chairman uh, how are you doing today
2: i'm doing great there mr cook and hope y'all are too
1: by golly well we're in here uh uh doing our best and uh you've had dealings with patient advocates haven't you
2: Yes, sir, I have. I'd like first like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on this forum. Well,
1: I, um, that's okay, Sherman. We're proud to have you on.
2: Uh, I, I, jo- I joined the VA healthcare system about six years ago and uh, actually went to the patient advocate on my first dealings because of just the incompetence that I ran into. And I soon found out that the patient advocacy system where I was at was uh, basically the people rejected in the VA. They can't fire them or get rid of them, so they send them down and appoint them to be a patient advocate. And so I started working real hard on understanding it and talking to veterans from around my area. Uh, I'm in Georgia. The business have a network, and in different places, wherever I met veterans, and I talked to them about it and found out that most all of us have the same experience, that the uh, patient advocates really aren't patient advocates. And they have no earthly idea what they're doing. And uh, so I became a, an advocate myself and started fighting for patient advocates or for veterans to have a system that actually worked for us that, that served the purpose of an advocate. I, uh, I first went, when I came into the VA, to the VA website, and I invite everyone to go to it and find the mission statement, the vision statement, the three promises and core values, I CARE. And it will explain exactly what the uh, what the VA is supposed to be doing for us. And I'll just read one of them real quick. It's the mission, honor American veterans by, by providing exceptional health care that improves their health and well-being. And that's their mission. And so um, I've gone on from there. I've been fortunate enough to be able to talk to, uh, I wrote a letter to General Shisheki about it. He soon left. And then I got was lucky enough to talk to Bob McDonough for a while and he tried to change the patient advocate to, to a customer service thing by changing the name, thinking it would be better, but it's not. Still the same same
1: discrepancies you run into. seems like with the VA, Sherman, you run into a brick wall in any direction you turn. It's, uh, uh, I don't know. Is there well,
2: any hope? Well, the problem is is that the employees think that, they're the, that we're there for them, and that they, they don't understand that they're there for us. It should be the greatest honor in this nation to be chosen to be a VA employee and to serve the veterans of this nation. I don't think there's a greater honor that could be bestowed upon any person is to be chosen to serve veterans of this country, and I'm stubborn as a Missouri mule, and uh, I'm in Georgia, but we know about the mules in Missouri. And uh, I've stuck to my guns on the on making sure that the VA tries to uh, or fulfills their responsibilities of the mission, the vision, the core values, and uh, that's where we're at. Just recently, and I, I'm still fortunate enough to talk to a lot of leaders up in the VA Central Office. And just recently, a a, uh inspector general of the VA investigation report came out, and they went to six different VAs around the nation and studied the patient advocacy system, and it's a colossal failure. And they just gave a scathing report and, and told the VA they needed to redo the whole patient advocacy system, which supposedly in July a new one's coming out. But I think that we as veterans need to get involved and have our input into it and not the same old people that... Uh, have the input, the American Legion, the DAV, and all them, Um, they keep telling me to go to them, and I say, hey, they've been our watchdog for years, they're the ones that allowed us to get in this bad shape, so I'm I'm kind of a troublemaker at that, and I've paid the consequences for it, but uh, I'm not afraid to speak up loud, and if the consequences come, I'll be proud of them.
1: Uh, wouldn't you think additional schooling or, or a special schooling for patient advocacies? Uh, Because uh, to me, it would be a requirement to have um, uh, quite a bit of knowledge about the 38 CFRs. Uh, uh, you know...
2: Well, I've written a letter to, to Washington to several of the leaders that I know that are, I've been fortunate enough to talk to about the patient advocacy system because I've tried to use them in my issues, and it, it gets nowhere. And in our VA health care handbook uh, um, that they send each veteran, it talks about the patient advocate is the person we're supposed to go to for any concerns, complaints, or compliments, and they're, they're the ones that are supposed to help us resolve it. And they also talk about if we've been neglected, or abused, or exploited, that we go to our patient advocate, and they're supposed to help us with that. I have uh, sent text and communications to all leaders of Washington and all the way up the system explaining I've been exploited, abused, and neglected and everything, and I've never even had a response back. I uh, think there's a, we have no legal representation as veterans. We have no legal rights as veterans. I've been to the general counsel of the VA, and they've told me, quite frankly, they don't represent veterans, that they represent um, the VA. I've been to the new thing that Mr. McDonough set up called Client Services and talked to them and said, well, aren't you all our advocates? That's where we call to file a complaint or something. And they say, no, we're not a veterans' advocates. We're just mediators between the the VA and the veteran. And what they do is send a communique right back down to the people that are screwing with you. And, and they... And, no, and those people soon one back saying everything's settled and, and the veterans left out of the whole communication chain, and it's just ridiculous. What, the, what we need to have is uh, a separate system, totally separate from any other system in the VA, a legal system with lawyers as our head patient advocate at the VA medical centers. We have a lawyer there that represents veterans. And it's all patient advocate system reports directly to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. They don't, uh, they don't report to the hospital or the medical center directors and the VISN networks and all that and the central office, and it all goes right back downhill. And um, the patient advocates should, like you said, be trained professionals. They should be people with college degrees that, uh, that are paralegals, that are uh, communication majors, that are uh, conflict resolution managers, Uh, that are are, are customer service trained in those fields, and their sole purpose is to be advocates for veterans. As the uh, health care handbook and the VA uh, code says, it says what they should be, advocacy and and the values. It says be truly veteran-centric by identifying, fully considering, and appropriately advancing the interest of the veteran And other beneficiaries. That's what they should do, and it shouldn't be. They shouldn't have to be loyal to the directors of the medical centers and medical facilities where they depend on them for for uh, for evaluations and promotions. It should be a totally separate system, our own legal representation. If they do that, then uh, 80% of the VA's problems will disappear over a short period of time.
1: I think that would be possible, Sherman. You know, you you mentioned uh, the other day we were talking on the phone. Uh, They have to have some integrity. And, uh, you know, that really struck a bell with me. And and, uh, I believe you were right on. Without integrity, uh, nothing's going to change. Uh, They have to
2: have that integrity. Well, in the the VA values, the core values, I care. They have integrity, commitment, advocacy, uh, respect, and excellence. And integrity, it spells it out in plain fifth-grade English. The whole thing is in fifth-grade English. Act with high moral principles, adhere to the highest professional standards, maintain the trust and confidence uh, of all whom... with uh, with whom all I engage. Again, act with high moral principles, adhere to the highest professional standards, maintain the trust and confidence of all whom I engage. That's pretty simple, and that's their responsibility. That's their own words. That's their own values, and they should maintain them. I even went further in my letters to the leadership of the VA and says, once we establish a professional uh, patient advocacy system, that the patient advocacy should be while they're dealing with the different departments in the VA, that they should be the educators and trainers of the people that they're dealing with, so that the whole so that the whole um, VA understands what their responsibilities and duties are to veterans.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, if they catch uh, a VA employee that's not doing the right and proper thing, then they should school them. And it should be putting their record that they've been uh, chastised or uh, they've been brought up to date uh, over certain issues uh, because, as you know, we're dealing with a lot of different issues. It's, it's not just medical. It's in the claims... Uh, side of it too, but uh, right, uh, yeah, they should be have that capability to kind of school them and well
2: and well, vet well, veterans aren't protected in any way, shape, or form. Like I said, the, the VA has the general counsel to represent the VA. They have all these other things. They have unions. They have separate contracts for contractors and everything. I've read all the union contracts. And this is an example. Just say we have an employee that's rude and disrespectful, and I go up and report that to my patient advocate. That should be logged in and sent to the union and sent to the leadership saying this employee was rude and disrespectful. In the union contract, it says they, at that point, they go to that employee and say, we have a complaint against you. We're not going to say that you did it or not, but what our responsibility is to reeducate you on how you're supposed to communicate with the veterans and deal with these kind of issues. So they first is to re-educate them. If they get a second complaint, they send them to another class, supposedly reeducate them, and they can move them in a parallel position, away from that particular position, but one at the same pay grade somewhere else. And on the third instance, they can be fired. Unfortunately, they don't log this in. There's no way to tell that it's logged in. And the same old thing happens over and over again. Again, a professional advocacy system would keep a record and, and represent the veterans on these issues. Um, they, they have union representation, and we don't. So what happens? Those those employees eventually get sent down, and they become the patient advocates because they can't do anything else. And so they're they're stuck there. They can't get fired because they just the the union and the way that the, the way that the government treats employees. And so the veterans are stuck with them. Only a professional, legal, professional advocacy system that is separated from the everyday grinds of the VA and reports directly to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs has no other job except to represent veterans, then that's what we need. And it, it, it won't work until that happens. There's just too much corruption and too many losers. You know, in my letter I wrote uh, a lot of things, but I wrote finally, and I'm sure people out there will understand this, especially uh, people in Georgia and Missouri and other places, the coals need to be culled, you know? We need to get yeah. rid of them. And, uh,
1: yeah. yeah, and they seem to be dragging their feet on that, Chairman. I well, thought they'd move a little quicker than they have. Uh, I'm not seeing much coal and,
2: and Well, I I had a conversation recently with a leader of the VA, and we were talking about that. And I I said, well, you know, Bob McDonough came in there, and I used to have conversations with him mostly on weekends. Him and I would talk personally and text back and forth. And he came up with this list of 1,000 people that he was ready to fire, and he needed the power to fire them. In the state of Georgia, we have Johnny Ikeson, uh, our senator, He's the chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee. Was a senior member for a long time. He was holding up legislation to give, uh, in, in committee that would give the Secretary of Veterans Affairs the uh, the power to fire him. The labor unions got to him and stopped him from doing that. He's got two star and one star facilities in his state. Kind of like John McCain too, running around wanting to go to war with everybody and send our young men and women there to war. <laughs> And if you look at Arizona, Phoenix, it's a one-star facility. It's the one that broke the news of the national disaster of what the VA is, but you never see him talking about that, and you never see him at the VA working to improve it. That's um,
1: right. Yeah, you do.
2: And uh, uh, I've talked that's... to someone about Dr. Shook and that he's come in, and President Trump has given him directives, straight directives, saying fire the incompetent employees, Make them go to court and sue us. It'll be cheaper than us keeping them on. In fact, I I do a lot of research and stuff. Where we are in in Georgia here, I can name at least 20 people that have failed in their jobs miserably. So what the VA does is they send them somewhere else in an acting position. And when we send them in an acting position, not only are we paying them their full salary, we pay their transportation to wherever they're going. Say if it was in Atlanta and we send them to Connecticut, We have to pay their transportation there. We pay their food and lodging. And every two weeks, we have to pay benevolent leave where they fly back in home so they can be with their families. This is our solution is to make them acting somewhere else. And we as veterans can't even get basic care and services.
1: It's just ridiculous. they, They had on the news, actually it was today, uh, that they had all this equipment that the BA has bought and had just sat idle, an and they had no one trained to use it, and uh, that was quite a deal.
2: Well, <laughs> it's I mean, it's just I mean, we all we all laugh just like that, not in funny, was. but in dismay that uh, they continue to do it. You know, the president is has given the directive to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs to fire these people. And they know them, and they know who they are, but they still haven't done it. So it looks kind of like, and I was telling one of the leaders up there, looks like Dr. Shookin is Bob McDonough, going to do a lot of talking and a lot of telling this stuff and flying all around the country. But when it comes time to act, act. And that's what's wrong with our country in a lot of ways, and that's what's got us where we're at. And until they get some whatever I want to call it and start thinking about the veterans and the veterans only, um, we're going to have to one day stand up and start picketing and and protesting and let our voices be heard loud and clear. I know that we're we're all tired of fighting. We just want to go get good health care, and we want to be able to apply for our benefits without being dragged through the mud and, and attempted to be destroyed. Um, we just we we need advocates and we need professional advocates and we need representation, legal representation, so that we don't have to do that.
1: That's right, and and I think uh, that he'd been uh, secretary there long enough. If we were going to see any, very many positive re, results coming from his term. Uh, we would have already seen him started uh, because the first thing he should have done was lined them up and said, uh, "You know, here's the way it is. You you folks have not done your job, and and here's a list of the ones that's going out the door. If the union don't like it, we're going to dissolve the union." Well.
2: Unfortunately, well that's that's one of the things that we really need to look at. I know in Atlanta when I we got a new director, the first thing they did is put our our union under receivership because they were so corrupt and crooked. Um they've got way too much power. The government employees union, all of them together are the largest group of unions in the whole nation. They're a huge b- voting block and they're all afraid. Um to uh, the, our, our representatives, our senators, our congressmen, and the, and the government's afraid of them, uh, and they should understand the veterans are the number one. That's, our name is on top of the sign, Veterans Administration. It's about us, and it yeah. should be about us. Like I said, it should be the greatest honor, and we should have the best of the best working for us. And, well, um
1: You and, know, I'm a union person myself, but... I've seen here a situation where the union in a lot of cases has uh uh i'm and i mean a lot of cases the union has overstepped their bounds and uh and seen to it that uh they've kept a working uh Incapable people, people's not capable of doing their jobs or people that are just plain, ordinary, mean. I mean, you know, they're no good. Yes, if you worked true. in a plant, manufacturing a product, and just for us, you started scrapping out a bunch, you know. They'd find them down the line somewhere, and...
2: and uh
1: well, who done this? Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, we tracked it back to Mr. John Brown or whatever. And, uh, uh, well, they ought to find.
2: Well, Some of this we, is done
1: intentionally. Some of it's done by accident, but some's done intentionally.
2: Well, if you have strong leadership and management that's not afraid to make the right decision and stand by that decision, and they're worried more about their career and their next job, their next position in the VA, instead of thinking about the veterans, this is what you get. And this is just a, a you know, this, is, this has been going on for years and years and years. And, it, you know, if you have terminal cancer, you cut it out. You get That's rid right. of it. If you turn around and transfer it to another department and think that they're going to do better there, then you've done nothing but spread the cancer and that's what the VA does and it's it's unrealistic and it's not real but you know um unfortunately the VA doesn't have leaders and they've built a system where you get promoted up the chain of command by every so many years or something you can apply for the next position up and that's what they do so we 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 fail to bring in young new creative energetic people or professional people i know that I, my doctor was a wonderful lady she loved her veterans. She didn't need another job anywhere. Her husband was a professor of, of, uh, of um, I, I can't think of it right now, math, but uh, he, he had won professor of the year. They didn't need any money, and she loved her veterans. She got no respect from the chief of staff at our hospital. She, they got no respect, or they didn't get back. And finally, she just had to leave. And went somewhere else where she she Was treated with respect and dignity By by the leaders And you know the good people Leave they get tired of it they get Tired of fighting they get tired of being Stomped and trampled on And they get worn down and they leave And what we're left with is the sorry ones And there's good people in the VA I know a lot of them I was talking to two today Up in, in Washington that are just Top of the line people But you know they're trying to do the job For everybody and Someone told me one day, says, well, President Trump comes in here, and he's fixing and going to change things. President Trump can't do anything but put out a policy or say something. It's up to every individual to to understand what he's talking about and carry out his vision and his mission. And um, the VA is huge, you know. We just need leaders, and we need people that, are, that understand. We're here for the veterans as the uh, – That's the vision and the mission and all that talks about. It's what's in the best interest of the veterans is why we're here.
1: Proper quality control. Uh, That's a thing of antiquity uh, as far as the VA goes. There is no quality control. And uh, until that's reestablished, I think we're going to just have the same old, same old. And uh, getting the patient advocates in line in proper perspective of the jobs that they're supposed to be performing their duties, uh, getting that squared away would be a, a quite a jump on, on a board, I believe. And
0: uh, well. I-
2: Actually, oh. it could be done pretty easily as they, you know, we build the foundation on the vision, the missions, the three promises, and the core values, very basic things. That's what the vet, VA says they're going to do for veterans, and we build that on that, and that we do separate the, the patient advocacy system from the facilities because there's a conflict of interest in the facilities. All those people depend on good evaluations and this and that, to get promoted and move up and get more money and things like that. And so there's a conflict of interest. The patient advocacy system depends on that too. We should have a patient advocacy system that's totally separate from anything except itself. It should be an entity of itself and it should report directly to the secretary of veterans affairs and it should be responsible to, to, uh, the veterans. That's their full responsibility. And, uh, and that should be it. And until they do that and give us legal rights and give us legal representations, we're just going to create a new name like customer service or client relations. Or I heard a uh, I heard a new one the other day. They said we're going to hook you up with a relationship manager. I couldn't figure that out. I was figuring it probably was VA security guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I said, where is this relationship That's manager? I said, where is this relationship manager stationed? Is it at the hospital? Is it the vision? Or is it the regional? Or is it in central? And they said, well, it's kind of between regional and central. I said, so it's a secret organization. <laughs>
1: yeah, does he but carry it know, a, the v- a, a, a jar the VA of
0: lamps? <laughs> you know what? The VA doesn't have security guards at the VA hospitals, they're all federal police officers, so you don't want to be set up with them.
2: Uh, well, you know, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but I, we had VA Medical Center in Atlanta. We have a thing called a Code 44, and when they call that, yep. it's like the SWAT card shows up. I got an mm. award for that, having the most Code 44s, because when I see a veteran being mistreated or disrespected, I jump right in there and let them know that that's not appropriate, and all they can do is lock me up I and I can get out of jail.
0: How many times they throw you out of there?
2: Huh? They've never thrown
0: throw
2: me out. out of the None. They've never thrown me out. I'm in the right. I have a right to p- protect the weaker. It's our responsibility as military men and women to protect the weaker among us. That's what we learn. I'm also, I don't push my religion, but I have my faith. in in every faith, I've studied every faith, Hinduism, Christianity, Buddhism, all of them. And all of them have one thing. Islam has the same thing. All of them talk about protecting widows and orphans the weaker among us that's a responsibility mm-hmm. a moral responsibility for us and it's also our obligation and responsible of, of us as veterans and i'm strong enough to stand up and fight i'm strong enough to tell them how i feel i'm tell, strong enough to show them what their responsibilities are and in the end they can't do anything about it because i'm right <laughs> if i if i was fearful then I, they would beat me and I'm not fearful, and they're not going to defeat me because this is what we're about taking care of our fellow veterans and ensuring that we get the care and need and the services that we need in a professional manner by professional people. I mean, at least that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I'm pretty opinionated. <laughs> I mean, you just remember who you're dealing with, though. I understand that, but like I said, if I'm going to be fearful, then I just need to keep my mouth shut. I'm not fearful of anything. The first thing that I fought for, and I have three honorable discharges, is I have freedom of speech. And if I want to stand up and do something, as long as I'm not threatening anyone, as long as I'm using speech, then I have the right to do that. And uh, they know it, and they have to accept it. And, in fact, when they they come around the corner, they'll say, oh, it's you again, Mr. Howard. And i say, yeah. And they say, what's going on this time? And I'll say, tell them whatever's happening.
1: <laughs> well, that's good, you're that's doing fine. that, Chairman.
0: Well, they should be doing it in the first place. They should treat veterans with respect.
2: Yeah. Regardless
0: well, of the veterans.
1: Some don't, though. Some well, you
2: know, are. it's a... It's another thing, too, is that that the VA, and when I talk to leadership and when I've talked to different people, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us have mental health issues, you know, from all kind of things. And uh, and I'd say a good portion, maybe 50% of veterans have some kind of mental health issue in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And we're going to medical centers. We're going to hospitals. They call them medical centers or hospitals or clinics. And that should be under consideration. And they should have trained professionals that deal with us on a daily basis. I mean, I have a a, a medical disability that I have a service dog for. And I, it, I'm not afraid to say it. It's an anxiety issue. They know me. They know that, that my voice goes up, and my, I tell them right off, you know, look, if I, my voice goes up, I'm not angry or mad uh, until I start cussing at you. Somebody told me I should be a country preacher or congressman. That way, I could get away with yelling. But you know that's just me, and they're there to, to, to care for me and nurture nurture me for that particular issue. Not throw water gasoline on it, you know, and come bullying me with a police uniform and things. You know that that's not fearful for me or you or anything. We faced bombs and mortars and flamethrowers and disease, and we've taken the we've taken heavy hits as veterans. So you know. Right or right. Uh, Sherman,
1: let me give out our phone number here again to the audience. Yes, sir. Uh, anyone out there uh, would like to call in with a question or a comment, uh, call in to 347-237-4819. That's 347 uh, 347- two three seven four eight one nine and uh when you get in there there'll be a lady talking and and uh just hit number one and and that'll put you into the queue with us and we'll be able to see you so uh feel free to call in if you have a question or a comment about this uh Veterans' advocates and uh, advocates, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to get you a good answer here. Uh, go ahead, Chairman. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I tried to give her a phone number out here.
2: Uh, I just think that all veterans out there—I don't know how many people listen to this—but we need to reach out to our families and it reached out to three to 10 people each and get them to start standing up and saying that we need a, the veterans need to have legal representation and they need to have an advocacy advocacy program that's designed to advocate for veterans and veterans only. And, um, that's what I fight for. I fight for the core values and the mission and the vision be honored. I think it's their own words, That it's a contract that they wrote for us and they should honor it. And, um, you know, you mentioned our new Secretary of Veterans Affairs. I've talked to some people that deal with him daily and everything, and he supposedly has come to his leadership and told them to fire the, the bad people and get rid of them and make them go to court and sue them, that it will be cheaper in the long run to do it that way than to keep them there. But, uh, and I told the person, the last person I was talking to about that, act and speak louder than words. We've been hearing words for years and years and years. And uh, it's time to uh, start acting. And once they start acting, the rest of them will get the message pretty fast.
1: I believe you're right. Yes, absolutely. We got to get some action. And like you say, once they see some action, then there things. Uh, that's when you'll start seeing changes. You
0: know, Gerald, when the VA. When the employees or somebody sues the VA under tort circumstances for wrong termination or even the medical issue, you know where the money comes from, don't you?
1: Well, comes out the, of the VA benefits. No, probably. no,
0: no, no. There's a federal fund for that. It'll oh, it is? A budget. Yeah? All well, else is to pay that one big budget for the government. So the people that actually caused the problem, They have uh, no recourse. You know, so if a doctor gets out here and, you know, and he's going to amputate your leg and take the wrong leg off and you sue him and win $20 million, he doesn't get in trouble. That money comes out of somebody else's budget. That's one of the problems of the VA right there.
2: Well, you know, that's another problem talking about that. You know, as a veteran, we can't really sue outside in federal court for anything because it is a federal agency. The only option we have is tort. to file a tort claim, a tort claim, yep. and I've looked all over the nation and I've found no no lawyers at all that will actually handle tort claims. There's a whole lot of them that want to handle now disability claims because they know they can draw some of that money for filing papers and all. But well, I you know, know tort again, claims,
0: tort, lawyers. You need a tort lawyer.
2: up. I got a good case, if you wouldn't believe it. It's it's been wild. It I, I got. Uh, a person that lied under oath, under testimony, and I got uh, video evidence that they contradicted what they said and made up the story, and it went to the uh, – mm-hmm. I filed a, a claim, actually, and it went to the – I finally got a hearing after three months because it was covered up at the VA where I was there. The person that was doing it was the person in charge, and they my patient advocacy went and reported to them the next day when I reported it to them. And they started a cover-up, and for three months I couldn't even get a thing called a health ethics consultation, which is in our handbook again. It says if you just don't know what the right thing to do is, that you call for a health care ethics consultation and that everyone sits in a room and discusses the issue and work it out. I was denied that. I had a recording on my phone. The health care ethics officer called and told me, we don't take complaints. We only handle concerns. You need to send that to your congressperson. And then I found out that the person that heads the ethics committee at the hospital was the director of the hospital that I filed the complaint against. I finally got it up to a thing called an administrative investigation, and the administration investigator ended up investigating me and bringing another veteran in that expresses their opinions and fights for veterans and brought them into it trying to discredit us. They used our disability against us, which is in a violation of the uh, I mean, Americans with Disability Act. They violated the HIPAA law by bringing up these subjects, all kind of things. The investigation was secret. I couldn't get a copy of the report. I still have a uh, in the general counsel's office a request that I made through legal lawyer representation for a freedom of information request, and the general counsel sitting on it. They sent me one of those typical VA letters that say, We've got this. We're busy right now. We'll get to you when we get to you. And so I've been denied for two and a half years that information. Um, But I did get a summary of the investigation and found out they investigated me and not the person that I filed the complaint against. And (laughs) that... uh, and that it's just ridiculous. And again, I went to the general counsel and they said, well, look, we represent the VA. We don't represent veterans. That's how I knew they represented the VA and not veterans because they said, so they, mm. here it is again a leader that's very powerful in the VA, held an, a job in central office up in Washington before they came down to the Atlanta VA Medical Center. And uh, her power yields very far and wide and um and again the veteran i have no advocate i have no veteran experience officer i have no uh relationship manager or nobody that can go and fight for me and i have no way to do anything except i mean i can't i want to file a tort because it's what it is but really it's, it's terrible legal stuff a, a VA employee, if they're a whistleblower or something's done wrong to them, they can go to a thing called the Special Counsel, which is it represents all government agencies and whistleblowers and all, and it's outside the VA. We can't even as veterans go to the Special Counsel because we're we, we're not employees, we're veterans. And it's just ridiculous. We have no legal rights or representation. That's why the patient advocacy system has to be based on our legal rights and legal representation. And this stuff would stop immediately when that happens. Is Georgia a tort state
0: as far as limitations on on a war? I don't don't know. I don't really know the uh, Georgia law. You need to check into Uh, that now. A lot of people are. A lot of attorneys tell you they can't take a tort case because, like, for example, Texas, the maximum is 250000 And And uh, I know a couple of veterans that's actually won the maximum amount in that case in that state. Uh it depends on right. what the state in Kentucky, Kentucky is not a tort state. You don't, you know, limits are there. There's no, you know, set right. limit on, on tort. But uh, it all depends on the state you live in and what the limitations are. And usually it's when you get a way, uh, it yeah. The,
2: the yeah, limitations aren't a, a toward- the limitations. The limitations yeah. aren't really the important thing to me. What's important to me is that the, that someone has done wrong and they should be held accountable. And there's no avenue yeah. to hold them accountable in the VA system now. And the veteran has no representation. They sent me, believe it or not, through the EEO office, which is Equal Employment Opportunity Office, uh-huh. with my claim. Yeah. And I went through a whole thing. I never actually got to file what the issue was. Because they kept writing it down wrong and sending me letters saying this and that. And I said, that's not it. Finally, one day I sent them a letter that said items A, B, C, and D are wrong. The dates on these are wrong. Everything's wrong. I'd like to sit down with an EEO officer face-to-face and have a court reporter there so that I can say what the issues are and, and everything. And it'll be in my own words. And they came back and says the vision EEO officer is not stationed at our vision headquarters. They're in Augusta, Georgia. We can't afford for them to come to Duluth, Georgia, to do that, and we can't afford a uh, court report. You have to pay for that yourself. Uh, Anyways, I ended up getting a letter from Washington, D.C. Again, the EEO office reports to the general counsel's office. It all goes back to the general counsel's office, and I get a letter from them stating we reviewed your your complaints and found them not to be anything, this case is closed. And I never even filed a complaint, but they closed the case.
0: Oh, my God. You know?
2: You can
0: can appeal. You can actually appeal that to a regional office. You know it, don't you?
2: Well, uh, listen, our regional office is made up of criminals. We've got people, I don't know if y'all just saw... well, I mean when you appeal you appeal to them. The same people that are the, the thing. The right. problem but when is when they
0: deny your appeal when they deny your appeal you go to the next step. And if they deny it there, then you get it then you can go to federal court. That's how well, you get it. Maybe
2: I yeah, well, you know, maybe I need to find a lawyer that will take help me go to federal court. I'm a very simple guy. I don't even use the Internet, and I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> I'm kind of re- restricted in what I do. I do that purposely. But, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to go You've to my patient advocate legal system and have representation, and we should never spend our money in the VA's money and the, and the American taxpayer's money on fighting the VA for what is right and wrong. It should be decided and taken care of in what's the best interest of the veteran. That's what they're there for. It's ridiculous. Let me
0: give you a worse let me give you a worst case scenario of a person in a similar prediction as you. You ever heard of a guy named Keith Roberts? Uh no, sir. Keith Roberts is a very famous person. He was stationed uh, I think it was in Italy. Uh, he had a friend of his well, they aren't, the Air Force had a directive. Uh, they quit putting uh, on, on the airplanes. They, went, they quit chalking the landing gear on a plane, and they wouldn't wouldn't allow them to uh, to use forklift stuff to hold the planes up, and they were doing work on the landing gear. So Keith's buddy decided he was he was working inside the front landing gear of an airplane, and uh, that new system they had caused the landing gear to collapse, and it retracted, and it crushed him. Keith went to get a forklift to try to fix and help the guy out because he's already dead. And he was gone for a few minutes and come back and found the guy was dead. And he, it was one of his best friends in the world, and he had a bad case of PTSD from that. He filed his VA claim. He went through the rigmarole and raised a lot of hell with him, you know, because every time he did something, they denied him or did something wrong and he would, you know, he would retaliate. He basically did the same thing, Uh, you know, he asked for an investigation and everything. Sure enough, they investigated him. They went to they went to his unit and got a bunch of statements and stuff, and next thing you know, he's in prison. They threw the man in prison. They got him for some kind of mail fraud or something on his claim. And uh of course his attorney finally finally got out of prison. And they're still trying to get his claim situated, but I tell you what, that man got he got roly shafted. And he went to the US attorney and the U.S. attorney and the IG started investigating him said the VA. Is that not true, Gerald?
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, wow. Roberts is,
0: uh they gave him the that's royal quite pope, a
1: story it? and yeah. it's not settled yet, is it, John?
0: No, it's not. Yeah. It's not settled yet, so be careful with this bunch, okay? Well, well i am
2: I'm careful, I'm careful, but uh like I said, I have three honorable discharges and I have the right for freedom of speech. And I have a right uh-huh. to to be treated respect and dignity. And um, you know, I'm willing to stand up. And you know, there's a saying I can't remember the whole part of it, but you know, if you're if you're willing to stand up and fight for something, be willing to t- to take the consequences. And I'm willing to take the consequences because I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for my fellow veterans, the ones that are coming up uh-huh. now that that are, are that are have it worse than a lot of us have it. You know, they're going through a whole lot more. Now, because there is no support, and, they, and, and you know, uh, fighting for our disability claims and fighting for, for basic health care and, you know, listening to all the people talk about, you know, I've heard it, you know, I'm just, I'm just, unfortunately or fortunately, I grew up with a German Shepherd dogs. I had a German Shepherd as a child, and I've had a, that kind my whole life, and they're loyal and they're fearless, and I'm loyal to myself and my veterans and I'm fearless in that you know someone has to be uh, someone has to stand up and fight you know the great Martin Luther King he had these lieutenants and there was a guy named Hosea Williams a wonderful man and Hosea Williams I bet he was probably beat up 150 times he was fire hosed, sicked on by dogs thrown in in jail gotten out he would go right back in the front of the line you know uh, I'm a Navy guy, but Army guys know what I'm talking about. You know, you got to have a point person. Oh no. You got to have the person on the point mm. to stand up and mm. and go out and say, you know, I'll take the point. I'll 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 make sure everything's okay. And unfortunately, uh, the Lord or fortunately, the Lord has given me the strength and the courage to go up there and stand and continue to fight. And I'm going to continue to, mm. in threats of jail or anything like that. It doesn't bother me one bit, really. I'm just it doesn't east bother coast me. East coast sailor or west coast sailor? What's that? East coast well, east coast? and west. I was I was I was in the Mediterranean on the USS Franklin D Roosevelt was my original ship. Then I went to the USS Lexington, and then then my last ship was the USS Midway out of Japan. Using the Midway, when was you in? I was in in 1970, December, 1970 to December 1974, then I was in the reserves for two years, and then in 1978, I went back in to 1980.
0: Okay, well, I was in the West Coast then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was unfortunately served in the service then when Jimmy Carter was president, which had good intentions, but... uh, the military wasn't very well Reagan. respected. When Reagan took over, it huh? helped out a whole lot, man. <laughs> when yeah, Reagan took over, it helped out a lot. Well, our ship, the USS Midway, we were going on a three-day shakedown cruise off of Japan's coast in November or December, somewhere right in there. And that's when the hostages were taken to Iran. And we we were yep. supposed to be out for three days. And we ended up going out, and we were out for 93 straight days. We, went, we were the first ship carrier sent over there. And we flew. Yep. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three solid months, and uh, people don't understand what what military people go through. You mean Have you been back to the Midway? No, I haven't. I've seen it on television a couple of times there in San Diego, um, yep. with a basketball game one or the something. Uh, one in the What's that? I
0: got another oh, okay. one the well, of the curators in the museum
2: the u s s Lexington, my other ship is in Corpus Christi, I think, as a museum.
0: yep, yep. we got a reunion there next year.
2: you know though Cor- but Christi, what we're all talking about is we all as veterans have to fight for the weaker among us, we all have to stand up and it's unfortunately we have to do this, and that we have to to have a show called Had it and have to to complain and fight, <laughs> but you know. We're fighters, you know. When the letter I wrote to someone yeah. one day that to my con- my senator actually and says, you know, the people that messed with us up there in our VA didn't realize that we, we're veterans, we're fighters, you know, and that uh, yeah. the more we're the harder we're banged on and hit, the more determined we are to finish the mission, <laughs> you
1: know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
2: that's right.
1: That's what they keep forgetting, Chairman. <laughs>
2: and then, the, and, then and then,
1: and
2: then I was gonna say, and I'll then, and it. then in the letter it goes on, and says if if something happens to me or whoever's in the fight, then another veteran will pick up the flag and carry on because that's who we are. You
0: have to flag the hand, and you butt any other dragon, but uh. I'll put you a list together of tort attorneys near and and close to you and let you go through them might call and talk to somebody, make a point, maybe sit down and discuss your case with them. Okay. I'll get some information like that. I mean, it's pretty simple as far as, you know, the tort situation itself. You know, as long
2: as you can show that they've caused you harm, you should have no problem. Uh, Well, I mean, that's pretty simple. I've got the evidence. In fact, I just sent evidence up to Washington showing that the person lied under oath in testimony because they happened to, uh, the testimony that they gave about a certain instance, it happened to be videotaped by official VA (laughs) videographers. Yeah. But you know, it's terrible that we have to fight and it's terrible that we have to spend our evenings like this having these conversations. We just need a patient advocacy system that's that's legal has legal representation and it's separate from the main VA and that would solve a lot Who's of our problems. It would My, my congressman is uh Jody Tice from Georgia. My okay. senator, believe it or not, is is uh Johnny Ickeson. He's the chairman of the okay. Veterans Affairs Committee for the Senate. Yeah, and he he's he's you know he hasn't been up in Washington for the past few weeks because he had second back surgery. He's had back surgery. He has Parkinson's disease, and he's been working on that. And uh, you know when they were in, while they were in session, he wasn't there. And uh, now there's oh. Easter holidays, and they're on a three three week vacation now. You know, he's pretty – this is his last time he's going to serve, and he's just riding it out again, and veterans are suffering. He should be a – he's a veteran himself. That's what really gets me.
0: Uh, he's a veteran yeah,
2: himself.
1: He ought to, he ought to resign.
0: Veteran. The only one veteran I've seen that's got any, any gumption at all is Tom Cotton guy out of Arizona. I mean, I'm out of Arkansas, right. sorry. Yeah, John I mean, McCain had not done a damn thing for veterans.
2: No, I and mean, like I said, if you look at the rating system, there's a five-star rating system of medical centers and they, for different things, but their main system of rating is five stars. John McCain's hospital yep. in Phoenix, Arizona, is rated a one-star. It's been a colossal failure. And where is he? He's yep. running around right now while on holiday. He's running around the east. He's Pakistan and everywhere else trying to send more U.S. troops there and trying to fight more and send more troops here and there and there and there. And the veterans in his own state, in his own community, are, are suffering immensely. It makes no sense. Lindsey Graham, the same way. He's running around um, doing all this. He's a veteran. He's an officer in the, in the Air Force or the Army. Yeah. Maybe, he, really? he's, he. I'm not sure he's still an officer, I think, in the Reserves. But yet he's wanting to go out and do all this in his hospitals in Augusta and and, and, char, and char, Charleston and all terrible ratings in Georgia. Johnny are yes. in Dublin, Georgia are making we call it a one-star facility. Augusta's a one-star. Atlanta's a two-star. Out of five stars, and I tell them, when I went to, I talked to one of the the leaders up at the VA, and and that person's a doctor, and I said, let me ask you a question. If you went to medical school and you went to a class, they have A, B, C, D, and F, five letters. A a two star would be a D. A one star would be an F. If you got a, a one star or a D on any paper or any class that you took, would you be a medical doctor today? And that person responded, no, I wouldn't. And I said, why are veterans required to accept that? We have a choice. We have a right to pick and choose who gives us medical care. And we, we don't have to go to those facilities. And we should be able to go somewhere that has high-quality service and it's organized and understands that the patient is the person that they're there for. It makes no sense that Johnny Axon doesn't stand. They should be down every day that they're off, they should be down there in those medical centers helping veterans and talking to them and understanding them. You can't even get an appointment to talk to him.
0: That's true. That is true. You
2: say you don't use a computer? Uh, no, sir, not yet, but everybody's beating me so hard I'm going to have to buy one. Well, I'm going to beat you some <laughs> more, buddy. Um...
0: Go to the library and check one out for a while. do something like that. break down and get you one there there's a I believe you're uh, missing a lot of good information out there that you can pick up on the web that'll help oh, you yeah tremendously well
2: i I'm kind of afraid in a way you see how much of a troublemaker I am to start with. Just feed me a whole lot more information. I'll be a pretty angry dude <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you need
0: to get on there and join you need to join the Hatton website and and some other folks and join the thirty thousand members. They could use a oh, man I, like you on there to help out.
2: I did. I may. I got after I hang up today. I got to send the leadership back at the VA. I, I told them that I was going to be on the the website that said fix it. And then, and then now I got to re- go back and text them again. And I text <laughs> text, text them. To be, go to hadit. dot com. Oh, they know about uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. We need to call it had it fi- had it and fix it. Yeah. <laughs> had it and fix it. <laughs>
0: The lady that, yeah, the lady and then that and then the back. last
2: one had it, fix it, and get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: well, the Navy got the the yeah, started start at. It's not too far away from you, buddy. You guys got well, a lot. Of stuff maybe to come.
2: maybe Mr. Cook and um, i got, Mr. Me and Mr. Cook got hooked up by a weird circumstance in 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 a wild way. Anyways, it was a VA mistake that sent all my medical records to him.
1: And <laughs> fortunately
2: enough it was an honest person and he got a hold of my attorney and let my attorney know that he had my medical records and everything. And that's how mm-hmm. we got together. So fate works sometimes. Just have faith and faith and um and the right things happen. Be glad you and, uh, just be glad he found it, because that way, I mean, you know, you're not gonna get no more honest person you'll cook. No, I mean, like I said, you know, he, he has my bank accounts, my phone numbers, my social. He has everything. He 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 knows how crazy I am.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to tell you, and they put some more money in your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I'm taking donations, got, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. You got you you you've got a case over that yourself too over that. Uh, over that information, because so that's a, that's a big uh, that's a big free, or, free, or what you that's a, it? that's a major man. league HIPAA. major league HIPA Well, formation. yeah, I've got
2: about five HIPAA things. You wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe the ones, but you know, again, that's going through the uh, the VA system to try to correct it. You know, I got a nice letter from them yeah. saying, you know, mistakes happen sometimes. <laughs> that's that's don't matter.
1: That's let, no
2: them, so let them. <laughs> Let them pay you back greenbacks for the mistakes. You can do that, okay?
0: And Maybe then I can get
2: a computer. Get a computer and start a whole big advocacy group on the outside. But
0: no, you, don't have, you no, uh,
2: you're hundred percent, ain't you? Yes.
0: Well, you just go down to uh, vocational rehab there and get into to, uh, get into the uh, what's it called living? assisted oh, living. And uh, the, the, they'll get yes, the assisted living. They'll get you a computer and, and pay for it. You want will yeah, buy, buy one. you one, gentlemen? Yeah, well, just go down to the vocational you want rehab and tell them, you, tell them, you know, you want to learn how to use a computer and stuff, and tell them you need help, and they'll get you a computer.
2: That's through the benefits office?
0: No, go down to the, it's it's like vocational rehab, but if you're 100%, they okay. can't vocational rehab, so they got to give you, they got to give you a living program, <laughs> and, uh. Then they'll come out and do an assessment, and then uh, they'll bring, they'll give you a laptop, wherever you need, and hook you up. That's how you do you it. Want. You don't have to worry about buying one, because they'll yeah. get you a good one. Well, well
1: that, yeah, you want a big else, screen else. where you can see it. You
2: know, it, and actually, see, this is wonderful, because, you know, this is really what patient advocacy should be doing for us. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. This is a patient sure, advocacy, a you know left. what I mean? We don't want to run over
1: Okay, uh, Sherman, I'm sorry, but we're out of time. But I'll tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, we want to get you back on another time here. So don't be no stranger. Uh, We'll have you back on, and we'll finish up this patient advocacy. Uh, It's a story that's not going to go away uh, anytime soon.
2: Well, I thank you for the opportunity, and I thank all our fellow veterans for their service to our nation. And um, I hope that we can help make a difference for the ones that are coming up and the ones that are too weak now to fight.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh,
2: We're going to work on it.
1: Uh, With that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser and Sherman Howard will be signing off for now.
0: You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show, and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basser Show.